So occasionally when I don't preach much, people say, are you retired? I say, no, just change emphasis. I teach uh, leadership uh, to, to men, one, two classes, Saturday and Sunday afternoon, then I have a leadership two, then I have a leadership three, and then I have a ladies' leadership class. And so that's my favorite thing to do, just uh, teaching people to be influencers of others. And so tonight they're going to share about goals, goals that they've set. And I read them, and they're really, really, uh, I just enjoy reading people's vision for the future, their desire to grow and see th- uh, things change. So I've been praying that they will just bless you out of your socks and uh, that your hair will fall out. You're so blessed. And so we're going to start with Jan, and I'm going to pray for him as she's coming up and ask that God would speak through them. Father, thank you for each individual that's sharing this evening. We pray that you'll fill them, you'll speak through them, you'll just bless each one of us because of their life and their example and their model and their love for you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Hi, my name is Jan Hacker, and as Dee said, I'm in his leadership class. And I wanted to share with you tonight about my my goal for prayer and how having a system of follow-through changed everything about it in my life. I've always set a, a goal for prayer, and I suppose this will be a public confession because while I have always prayed throughout each day, I have not always set aside a specific time for prayer, for entering into prayer with Jesus. So when someone would ask me to pray, I would might pray right then, I might write it down, um, but I was not consistent, and I didn't go deep in prayer for others all of the time. My mind might wander while I prayed, and I might even lose the piece of paper I wrote it down on, and I have to admit there wasn't always as much effort as there should have been. And after giving that some shot, some thought, I realized that my prayer life probably seemed quite pitiful to a God who longs for us to communicate with him. Pastor Duke tells us that if we want to accomplish the goals that we set, they must be measurable and quantifiable, and we need to include how we will accomplish them. The way I was handling my prayer goal was none of the above. When I started the leadership class in October, Pastor Duke told us about many of the online apps he uses, not only in the classes, but personally as well, to manage his goals. I was a little discouraged, quite frankly, to think of this as an option because for a living, I troubleshoot software for financial institutions. I deal with a lot of various kinds of software throughout the day, and the last thing I want to do is spend more time on my phone or laptop. But he mentioned a prayer app called PrayerMate, and I was intrigued. Before I left the class, I downloaded the app, and later at home that day, I started learning about the application itself. It gives you the ability to create prayer lists. And so I began. Family, my pastor and church, friends sharing my faith, and prayer requests, just to name a few. And then I gave each, each list I created a priority. Would I pray daily? Would I pray weekly? Would I choose another frequency? And then I got into the specifics for each list, filling them with people that I love and all sorts of things to pray about. And then I set a daily reminder for 5 a.m. 
I continue to add to it almost every day. When someone asks for a prayer, that they need prayer, I immediately put it in my um, PrayerMate app. I enter a praise of thanksgiving when I hear of one. And this one little tool has been life-changing for me. While I certainly don't have it all together with goal setting, and I have a long way to go in completing my set goals, I now see the benefit of having goals be measurable with a system in place to track them. Keeping track of my time in prayer has been a wonderful thing, and I look forward to praying every day. I've not missed one day since downloading that app, spending specific quiet time with Jesus. I feel completely different about my prayer goal for 2019 and my commitment to him, and I have tools in place to make it happen. As you set your goals and work to accomplish them, I encourage you to find tools to help you make each goal a reality. Thank you. Hi, my name is Vicki Purdy, and I'm in the Leadership 3 class this year. I started making goals in 2015 when I started in a leadership class, and it has been very, very helpful to me through these years. This year I have 40 goals. A lot of them are to do something. A lot of them are to stop doing something else, lose some weight. And, of course, there's a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal. My goal, this, my BHAG this year is to... <laughs> is to go skydiving in August. And I am deathly afraid of heights. Get me six feet off the ground and I'm frozen. But I know it's all in my head, but it's still there. At least we'll be tandem so somebody can push me out of the plane and I'm sure I will end up on the ground. Anyway, I've been contemplating lately about what the most important goal is. And my conclusion, for me at least, is that I read my goals every day. The reason why is those are the things I want to do, I want to accomplish in my life, and this gives me a compass setting to be going straight towards what I'm really wanting to go after. Because life is so busy, you get going down one rabbit trail, another rabbit trail. This way, my rabbit trail goes straight to God, where I want to be. And my second most important goal is um, reading my daily prayer commitment. We make a prayer commitment um, to God, and I think this is the, most, the second most important thing that I need to do every day, is to review this and put it forefront in my mind in the morning when I'm reading my Bible. Mine goes, Jesus, I declare you Lord of my life. Today, Lord, I bow down before you and give my whole life to you. Lord, you are my Savior and the only one I follow. Fill me with your spirit, strength, and wisdom so I can do your will today no matter how hard it is to do. Today, let my heart be filled with your peace, Lord, and my lips come forth with your words. Today, I will read the Bible and pray. Today, I will try to live my life as Jesus did. Today, I will forgive my foes. I will love the loveless and care for the forlorn. Today, I will spread your word to everyone I meet. Help me grow into a good disciple and bear much fruit for you, Lord. Help me to show by my actions that I am worthy of the title Christian. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for my sins and then rising to be my living God. 
May I be ever so humble and bow down before your throne today. I love you, Lord, Vicki. I think that we need to keep these kinds of things foremost in our mind. And the first thing in the morning, going over day after day after day, it becomes a part of you. And I think that's the most important thing of any of these goals, is to keep Christ in the forefront of our, of our life. And um, thank you. <laughs> Uh, good evening. Uh, my name is Morgan Brown, and uh, I think, okay, perfect, thanks. Um, I think it was about eight years ago um, that I took Deeds Leadership class for the first time, and about two years later, after a series of my bad choices and my wrong responses to trials, um, I drifted away from the Lord. Um, but last September, I did what I should have done about seven years ago, and I repented and returned to following the Lord with all my heart. And so to those of you who pray for the prodigals to return, uh, thanks for praying me back. Um, and later this year, Lord willing, I'll get to give a 15-minute sermonette and maybe discuss that story in more detail. But since we only have about two to five minutes today and uh, to talk about a couple of our goals and uh, bad eternal consequences were promised if we went over, um, here goes. My first goal is... Um, <laughs> Uh, my first thing every morning on my knees, I will pray a list of commitments to my Lord Jesus Christ based on his commands to me through scripture. Uh, this goal can't, comes from two assignments in Dee's leadership class. One was to make a list of goals, and two was to make a, a list of daily prayer commitments. And so of several prayer commitments I wrote, two big ones are today, Lord Jesus, I will love every person you sovereignly bring into my life. Uh, no matter how difficult they are to love. I will care about their eternal destiny. Please, Lord, give me an opportunity to either be an attractive witness of the gospel to them or to encourage them in their Christian faith. Another prayer commitment I have is I will not grumble or complain about anything. That commitment is based on Philippians 2, 14 and 15, which promises that as we succeed in not grumbling, we will not only be, uh, succeed in being a bright witness, but will grow in all the other areas of our Christian walk, find contentment, become faithful, moral, become morally pure and blameless. Another goal I have is to memorize scripture using the Scripture Typer app uh, for one hour per day. Um, I believe these goals are critically important because the result of doing them will bring me in touch with the truths of how I am saved by grace alone, by believing the gospel, and I, know, I will know that my appropriate response to God's mercy to me is to live my life for him alone and not for myself. As I set my heart to please Jesus in every way and to not grumble at trials and the increasingly difficult assignments he promises to give me, I will grow in character and usefulness to Jesus, to his kingdom, and to his eternal purpose in me and in other people. Uh, something Pastor D taught us uh, last year in class and which is a great reminder and motto that I now live by is this if I choose to do what is easy life will become hard but if I choose to do what is hard life will become easy so I take up my cross daily but in so doing I also take Jesus easy yoke so that as I do the hardest things he is with me in sweet fellowship and helps me to obey him and although our culture is about finding the shortcut, enjoy the now, 
and pay later. As a believer in Christ, I can choose to instead follow him and run the race set before me. The prize is getting to be useful and used by God. Thank you. harder than it seems. Uh, my, hello, my name is Aaron Hawes, and I've been attending JBC with my family now for two years. And uh, when Dee asked, or should I say told 24 of us in the leadership class to volunteer to share three to five minutes uh, about goals and the importance of making goals, didn't think I was going to only have six days to prepare for it. I always knew at some point if I took the leadership class that I would have to share my thoughts on goals and a few goals that I have, and here I am. This whole journey that led me to take the leadership class started in the fall of 2017 when Dee approached me and asked me to join the leadership class. Um, it not only scared me, but also convicted me because I knew I had been going through the motions of my spiritual life. I knew I needed to be challenged to grow through Bible reading and a prayer life. I knew there were areas of my life that I had not put under Christ's control, and I knew that I was a lazy Christian. I grew up as a missionary kid, then a pastor's kid, went to Christian school all my life, including Bible college, did the Iwana program, went on mission trips, did volunteer work, didn't drink, smoke, or chew, or go with girls who do, and helped out in youth group, small groups, but never really worked on my, my relationship with Jesus. Um, I did all the things that made me look good but did not grow in my faith and, and in things that would mature me. I was like one of those cars you ride in at the amusement park that has a little barrier between the wheels to help you keep you on track and from straying off course, but never really goes anywhere. My life was just going round and round, but never going anywhere and not making an impact on others. After hearing multiple sermons about goal making, we as a family decided to make goals last New Year's. I took it seriously and had some goals that would stretch me and make some positive changes in my life. Although I was not perfect in accomplishing all my goals, I know they impacted me in a positive way. I had one in particular that I worked hard at, which was controlling my mouth and not using foul language. Working in a construction environment and hearing foul language day in and day out allowed those words to pop into my head when I got mad or had something bad happen. Over time, those words started to pop out audibly working by myself and then here and there around my family. I was always careful not to curse or swear around coworkers or, uh, or customers. I knew, and then I also knew I needed to remove that vocabulary from my thoughts and speech. There were some times I failed, but I caught myself many times, asked for forgiveness and thought of alternative responses. I still have that as a goal to continue to guard my mind and mouth. One verse we have memorized in leadership class says what I am striving for. Ephesians 4.29 says that no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearer. Now that I'm in leadership class, D is pushing us to take goal setting and our commitments to another level. We are expected to write a commitment prayer that we would faithfully pray each day. I have noticed I have been more intentionable, intentionable, <laughs> intentional about my walk with God, my commitment to reading the Bible, praying, and growing in my walk with Jesus. If you are like how I was for most of my life, just going around and around, 
through life, not spiritually going anywhere, I strongly encourage you to make some goals today. Do the daily reading plan JBC has and take the leadership class. It's not easy, but it's rewarding. Your life will change and your family will be grateful for how it will change your life. Thank you. Good evening. Uh, I'm Jake Fisher. I'm taking D's leadership class one. I'm a new Christian and I have made a list of 12 goals in the beginning of the class. I'd like to share a few of them with you tonight. I made two, co two goals to pray at least 15 minutes a day and read my Bible every day. These goals are my number one goals and are very, very important to me because I get to learn God's word and speak to him and grow my relationship and faith with the Lord. <clears throat> with these goals I have written down, my last goal on my list is to read my goals every morning before I start my day. This goal has helped me review my goals every day and sometimes I review them a few times a day. It really has motivated me to accomplish them I have come to realize goal setting is very important and everyone should set goals for themselves and read them <clears throat> every day and you will be more likely to accomplish them. Thank you. Hi, uh, my name is Mike Bullard. Um, so, um, the last one, but not the least. So. Uh, anyhow, so uh, if you'll bear with me for a couple more minutes, I'll try to make this as painless as possible for you. Uh, I have two goals in my life that uh, will always stay at the top of my list. <clears throat> First and foremost is uh, to read the Bible every day. And the second is to pray. And um, when I say pray, I don't mean like a, a wimpy prayer, you know, hi God, how's it going? Y'all good? Yeah, okay, talk to you later. That's a wimpy prayer. Um, you know, I'm talking about really honest prayer, open prayer, getting on your knees kind of prayer. Um, so I wanna explain why these two are so high up on my list by sharing some insights from the Bible. And, um, there's a couple of verses that, um, that have impacted my perceptions on life. And uh, they come from uh, Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, uh, chapter 12, verses 13 through 14. Um, this is what it says. It says, um, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. So that's, that's kind of a lot to take in. You know, you have to really think about it. So, um, you know, I, I like to think of the Bible as, as kind of like a map. Uh, something that I can look at to see um, where I was where I am at any given time, and where I'm headed to. All of these are important destinations to remember. 
Prayer, on the other hand, for me, is an opportunity to have open, honest, and loving conversation with my Creator. Uh, in and of itself, that's a pretty amazing uh, opportunity for us, if you just think about it. Many relationships fail in our lives for lack of communication, and yet we are afforded an open forum of communication should we choose to partake of it. So anyhow, um, the preacher, uh, that's the guy who, who wrote Ecclesiastes, by the way, uh, he says, fear God. And um, I don't think he's talking about the kind of fear that might make you want to go and run and hide because maybe you think he's going to squish you like a bug. Uh, it's not like that. I believe he's trying to tell us that we have our place and God has his. We should respond to God in everything with a sense of awe, with reverence and wonder. We should be about serving him with a pure desire, with a pure actions and with pure words. My wife might suggest that I don't always measure up on that account. But uh, I continue to push forward and look to the Bible to map out my way so that I can be a better person. A guy that one day hopes God will be able to say to me without reservations, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into my rest. So to wind this down a little bit, um, there are two thoughts I, I, I have that might turn out to be helpful for you. The first thought is this, know my place. Remember that the Bible is your map. You can always know your place, where you were, where you are, and where you're heading. And the second thought is this, make it my chief aim in life to please the Lord. This isn't that hard, but you're not always going to get it right either. Don't shut him out, especially when you miss the mark. He is a father, he is a counselor, he is a brother, a friend, and a savior. Have a conversation with the one who gave everything so that you can be where he is at. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Sean. In men's leadership class, we've all got a list of goals. It took me some thinking to settle on mine, although after this I might add improve my public speaking to the list. One of my goals is to limit my screen time. I've set a goal limiting myself to 30 minutes per day on social media. I used to waste countless hours reading news feeds and posts online. While it was entertaining, it wasn't constructive. I realized I was letting it control my time. Time I could spend in the Word, in prayer, or with my family. With the time I freed up, I'm working on a Bible study of sorts that I came up with. Dee spoke in Hebrews class about how the Old Covenant is obsolete, and we, living under the New Covenant, are not bound by the Ten Commandments. 
He said that instead we are instructed between the books of Romans and Jude how to live within God's rules for our lives under the new covenant. So I'm reading these books, and each time I find a passage that directs or commands us how to live, I write it down, along with the chapter and verse it is derived from. I have them in my notebook. When I'm done, I'll have a whole list of new covenant rules for living. I hope that in having a hard list that I can read at my will, I can better follow them and apply them to my life, as well as more effectively teach my daughter how God would have us live. Next, I'd like to talk about a goal I just added to my list. I made this a goal in my life recently, but I hadn't put it on the list until I told Dee about my experience, and he told me I should share it. So I put it on the list, and I'm sharing it today. In telling you this, I have to tell you something personal about myself. I have bipolar disorder. And one of the things that comes with bipolar disorder is anxiety. This isn't anxiety like you just lost your job and you don't know how you'll pay the mortgage. This anxiety is irrational. It happens without cause. I have medication I can take, but I try to use my faith and prayer to overcome it. Up until recently, this worked, but it was starting to get the best of me. A few weeks back, I had a horrible anxiety week. I tried to pray it away, but it didn't really help. I resorted to taking my medicine, which for the first time had no effect. Then in leadership class the following Saturday, Dee taught us about how replacing negative and sinful thoughts with Bible verses could be helpful. I hadn't thought about how this could be applied to my problem until the serious radio in my truck said, you can worry or you can trust God, but you can't do both. So I thought I'd try to find some verses on trusting God to memorize to steer my mind away from the anxiety and put my focus on trusting him instead. I started with Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And you know what? It worked. I went from having anxiety nearly all my waking moments to barely anything the next week. I don't want to count my chickens before they've hatched, but it's made a profound difference in my day-to-day life. I can live with the anxiety, but it's exhausting, and it makes it hard to focus on anything else. So now I think of my verses like medicine for my mind and heart. I just recite them to myself myself every hour or so, and it keeps the negativity at bay. It helps me stay focused on the Lord and the Word, too. So the next time you're struggling with anxiety, worry, or other sin problems, make it a goal to find some scripture to memorize. Use it to replace the bad or sinful thoughts you're battling, and it may change your life like it has mine. Thank you. Hi, my name is Ed Smith. Pastor D gave us a choice about Pastor D gave us the choice of talking about how I like Pastor D or one of my goals. So, I talked about goals. <clears throat> we were attending First Baptist Church in Eugene when Kim Hodge was senior pastor. He was preaching about setting a goal of reading the Bible using a daily Bible reading program. I had never made a goal for Bible reading before or any other disciplines, so I decided to start. 
Several months later, during Pastor Kim's sermon, I heard a very, very firm voice say, stop drinking. I looked around the congregation to see who was talking, but no one else seemed to notice. The next Sunday, during the sermon, the same thing happened. Okay, I said to myself, must be hearing things. The following Sunday, during the sermon, the same voice for the third time said, stop drinking. I really didn't want to, so I said a little prayer to God. If this is from you, show me a sign. As if an audible voice wasn't enough. Not very wise of me. The very next Saturday, I was drinking alcohol and playing golf with some friends. On my way home, I was pulled over in my driveway for drunk driving. Proverbs 20, verse 1 says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink a brawler, and whoever is intoxicated by it is not wise. There, next to the Christmas tree, was my wife and three children watching me getting handcuffed and taken to jail. Not exactly a hallmark moment. I went through the diversion program and realized I had a major drinking problem. I was drinking enough to be intoxicated every night. God doesn't have much use for people who aren't wise. Proverbs 10.14 says, Wise men store up knowledge, but with the mouth of foolish, ruin is at hand. Proverbs 3.3.5 says, The wise will inherit honor, but fools display dishonor. And Proverbs 3.13 says, How blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. I was no use to God in an intoxicated state. After faithfully reading my Bible and staying sober for the next several years, God showed me a ministry that was really needed at First B. I served in that ministry for several years until we moved to Jefferson. We had no intention of moving this far north. We were planning to move uh, south of Corvallis, but as we drove around looking for homes that would accommodate Carol's mother, we heard this old dairy farmer on the Christian radio. We eventually found the home that was perfect for Carol's mom and the property with timber I always wanted to play with right here in Jefferson. I believe God led us to Jefferson Baptist so I could work on my next discipline, prayer. I hadn't prayed on a regular basis, and my corporate prayer was non-existent. Praying to Jesus every day after reading his words and then being able to ask for forgiveness for my sins is one of the greatest blessings we have. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Corporate prayer is so filling. When two or more are gathered together, Jesus tells us he'll be there. We have some amazing prayer warriors at JBC that energize us all who attend the prayer meetings. It has been 25 years since I had a drink. If I wouldn't have started with that first goal of reading my Bible, I don't believe I would be here today. Set goals. Be sure your basic disciplines. Be sure to do your basic disciplines, reading your Bible and praying. You may be surprised where God will use you. Thank you. Hi, I'm JB Phillips. I'm taking D's Leadership Two class. Last year I took Leadership One. I'm very thankful for it. I learned a great deal about the basic disciplines and goal setting and setting priorities for my life. Dee has the gift of teaching, and it's very obvious when you attend one of his classes. If you have a hint of desire to take those classes, I highly recommend it. I had a hard time fighting my flesh when not to sign up for the Leadership 2 class. I intended on texting a friend to encourage them to take the Leadership 1 class. After hitting send on my phone, I realized I sent it to the wrong person. I accidentally sent it to Dee. 
I quickly followed up the text with, sorry, that was meant for somebody else. Um, I'm not sure exactly how I pulled it off, but somehow I sent it to him. He quickly replied, how about you and leadership too? Now I sat there at my desk in an interesting situation. I didn't have an excuse why not to take the class. The only thing I could think of was I didn't have enough time. But in Leadership One, we learned that one thing that drives Dean nuts is saying you don't have enough time. In 168 hours every week, how much of that is more important than leadership class where you learn to improve your character and become more Christ-like? Being a Christian is easy. You just have to accept Christ and his gift to us. But being a disciple is very difficult. It's taking the narrow gate and daily taking up the cross. I personally fail at this every day, but I strive to improve every day. I really do want to do better, and the leadership class is one step in that right direction. With that introduction, I'm supposed to talk about a couple of my goals. I currently have 36 written out for 2019. One of them is very easy, but so helpful in making sure I follow through. It's to review my goals every day and record my progress. It seems like a spiral of a goal. Write out a goal that's based on using goals, but it's quite effective. I have a list of my goals each night that I check off the ones I did, and I notice which ones I failed or didn't make a priority. The next day, I'm more likely to work on the ones I didn't do since I just reminded myself the night before. This has been very helpful and actually quite fun, checking things off the list each day, and I'm able to measure what I accomplished. I love baseball. Um, some of you might remember me up here last year talking about the 2017 College World Series. <clears throat> With 2018 College World Series results, I could go on for a few minutes just about that. But since I only have two to five minutes, I'll just stick to the baseball goal. A little background. I grew up playing baseball. My dad loved baseball, and he always coached and was around for me. We follow OSU baseball very closely. We watch every game or listen to it on the radio. I play slow-pitch softball for multiple leagues every year for the last 18 years, even the two where I had knee surgeries. I coach both of my kids' teams each year. <clears throat> so I really enjoy the game, and I can't get away from it. I've recently been given an opportunity that I never would have uh, anticipated. I was asked to help coach at Jefferson High School for the baseball team. I started last year and kind of learned the ropes. So I have this great opportunity in front of me where I can influence the teenagers in our community. So I made it a goal not just to coach next season, but be available even through the off-season for at least an hour a week for the high school kids. I frequently text several of them, and we meet at the cage and get some cuts in. In addition to being available for an hour each week, I'm going to include a goal where I teach about a character trait to these kids each week. I'm pretty confident I can take the material I learned from Dee's leadership class, and I can turn it into a couple-minute lesson for them. I feel God has put me in a situation where I have a huge amount of influence on our community through an activity that I love very much. So to recap, stretch yourself. If you haven't taken the opportunity to take the leadership class, next time it's offered, you should take it. It's worth the commitment. Thanks. Good morning. I love you. I like that. I can see why you like that. It's fun to be on this side to see you guys respond back that way. Anyway, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Steve Dickman. I'm here. I think my wife's here. She had, yeah, she had to go out and take care of the horses. But anyway, a little uh, history about myself. We moved to Sublimity, Oregon a little over 12 years ago from Bend, Oregon. And I was hired by the hospital here in state 
in Staten, and uh, I would arrive to work a half hour early and sit out in the parking lot and listen on the radio. And uh, there was a program on there that was called uh, Treasure Seekers by D. Duke. And as I listened to that, I knew then that my treasure seeking had started. I had a new goal. I needed to find out where this church was, and my journey began. Uh, so then we started coming to uh, JBC, and it wasn't long afterwards that we became involved in the Bible study with Sam Duke and uh, Tom and Gene Zilverberg, and after a, and a few other people from the church here, and we all had the same vision, a church plant in state in Oregon. After a few years uh, there, uh, we were led to go to a small church up the canyon called uh, in uh, Lyons, Oregon. And I was involved in the leadership there in Lyons. Uh, over the years, we grew to love the people there. And we became very united as a church family. In times, we faced some difficult spiritual battles. Jesus said, if you follow me, you will be persecuted. That is why this life you would have, he said that in this life you'll have difficulties. And just because you're in a church doesn't mean you will not avoid the battles, but rather you'll become a target. I realize that uh, there are some times when God calls us, may call you to stand firm in the faith and to be strong. And in doing so, I learned I was lacking in areas of my life as a leader. <clears throat> so fast forward to today, I joined, we came back here to JBC, God called us back here and and I got involved in the men's leadership uh, here at JBC. And I, we came back to get better equipped, strengthen our faith, and our walk with God. God has commanded us to stand strong, be firm, and act like men, and let everything that we do to be done in love. So like I said, I signed up for this class. If we are not equipped to do what God calls us to, then He will not use us. So I have been setting goals for the past years and learning the character of commitment and being strong, which is one of the tools God uses in my life. In Psalms 1, 2 through 3, the Word of God says, but his delight is in the, in his, in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water. Its leaves will never wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. That takes time. And it all, it all comes from memorizing God's Word, meditating on it, and acting on it. The number one goal that I work on is honoring God. By reading His Word daily and memorizing at least two to three verses a week, this has brought a biggest change in my life and, and has been the most rewarding. Setting goals calls for a commitment and work, which may bring rewards and may help you prosper in your life. But if you aim at nothing, you hit nothing. One of the goals that I was setting was to work on a puzzle with my wife. I do not like working on puzzles. It's just tedious and a lot of work. And, and her puzzles are like 1,500 pieces. And I guess in the puzzle world, that's kind of small. But anyway, I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy a puzzle. I'm going to go buy a 25-piece puzzle. 
What? You didn't, I just said I was going to do a puzzle with her. I didn't say how big I was going to do it. I was just going to purchase a small one. Well, as you can see, uh, you can see where I'm going with this. It uh, all depends on how much you put into it. You have to put some skin in the game to prosper. Little in, little out. So if I'm going to do a puzzle with my wife, it better be pretty big. Another goal that I invite all of you to join me in, and that's how I want to go skydiving. I think Dee has kind of set a pattern here. But uh, I have a goal to do uh, skydiving. I just got to get cleared by my doctor. But anyway, here last week I practiced a little bit. I jumped out of the back of a pickup. Hurt my back a little bit, but I am planning on doing that. So if you want to have some fun to come this summer, come join us. In Isaiah it says, uh, well, first off, God honors our actions in setting goals and acting on those that are for the purpose of honoring Him. In Isaiah 32.8, he says, But a noble man devises his noble plans, and by noble plans he stands. Thank you, and God bless you in your goal setting. Hi, my name is Wes, and I'm here to talk about goals. Um, when I sat down and started to write out my goals for 2019, I stopped and had a thought. Why am I making goals? What is it that I want to accomplish with my life? Are my goals just a to-do list, or do they have a bigger purpose? As I thought about this, I realized that there was something I have always wanted to do. I want to be there when someone decides to follow Christ. I want to be a part of their coming to Jesus experience. I thought about how my goals were going to help me to achieve this. I remember, remember the phrase WWJD, what would Jesus do? Or better yet, what did Jesus do? What did Jesus do to reach the lost? Matthew 4, 18 through 19 says, And walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen, and he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. He made a goal to train and equip Peter and Andrew to reach the lost. Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. Jesus had a plan and a goal for us to reach the lost. So how does setting goals for myself help me to reach the lost? As I took a look at my goals for 2019, I currently have about 53 of them written down. It's kind of growing daily. I wanted to see if they indeed are helpful to me to reach my goal of being there when someone commits to Jesus. Some of my goals are obvious. My Bible reading goals, my prayer goals, are very important to help me reach the lost. Other goals are not so obvious, like my goal number 25. I will, I will weigh less than 200 pounds by the end of May. I know I look good. <laughs> How does that help me? Well, being healthy will give me the energy to do the things I need to do. And hopefully I'll live a little longer so I can reach more people. How about goal number 36? 
I will sort and repack the stuff in the basement. And if you've ever seen my basement, you'd know that's a job. How does this help me? It will create more usable space in my basement so that I can invite people over for board games and fellowship. And as I get to know them, I earn the privilege of sharing Jesus Christ with them. I'm working at making all my goals work together to reach my goal of reaching the lost. There is another goal I have for my life that is very, very important to me. When you were a kid, do you remember coming home from school or your parents coming, coming home from work and asking you, how was your day? What did you do today? Did you get the things done I wanted you to do? 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body, whether good or bad. Someday I'm going to stand before Jesus and give an account of my life. What is he going to say to me? What am I going to say? Did I do all that I should have done? My main goal is to live my life with this in mind, to set goals that help me to accomplish this. God wants us to reach the lost, to bear fruit. I want to bear fruit. I want to know I did my very best. I believe setting good goals that challenges me and makes me step out of my comfort zone will help me to reach that goal of being there when someone is saved. Most of my family does not have a relationship with Jesus. Most of the people I work with do not have a relationship with Jesus. I have to ask myself, do I really care that they are going to hell for eternity? I do care. And I'm going to make goals that help me to be a more effective witness for Jesus Christ. Thank you. Hello, my name is Stephen Dukes. When I was first asked to talk about my favorite goals and why they are so important to me, I was afraid. And I didn't think I could get up here and speak. But I thought about Moses and how he, uh, when he was talking to the Lord in the burning bush, and how he tried to make excuses about uh, why he couldn't speak. God said that he would use his brother, Aaron, to speak on his behalf. But Moses ended up speaking anyway. But I was just as reluctant to start writing goals in the first place. I have heard about goal setting for years, even before coming to this church. Our old pastor was mentored by Pastor D. I was reluctant because for one thing, I equated it to resolutions. I had also thought that this could be legalistic. Reluctant because resolutions are easily broken and I had broken many resolutions within the first few days. But goals are different. I am committing myself to do these goals to the best of my ability, and that's another reason I didn't want to start with goals. I knew that I would have to make myself accountable, that I would, uh, to what I had to write down, and to ones that I had made myself accountable to. If you don't write your goals down, you'll forget about them and say, I'll do them later and later never comes. My number one goal is taking Melissa, my wife, out on a date monthly. This is kind of flexible, as Melissa has a weird schedule, and it's contingent upon how Melissa is feeling or if she got mandated, mandated to work overtime or not. 
but we always have it, managed to have at least one date in the month, sometimes even more. Doesn't have to be fancy, but we get out and enjoy some time together. Without time together, you start to take one another for granted. We'll just talk and enjoy one another's company. Reading my Bible daily, I have for years been a regular Bible reader, but with a reading plan, it helps me to stay on track. Even if for some reason I couldn't read it for a day or two, usually some event that kept me from it. I have my Bible on an app in my phone so that when I'm away from home, I can still read. I set my alarm for about 6 a.m. before breakfast, read in the quiet. Being in the habit of reading my Bible in the morning, it helps me throughout the day. This isn't legalistic. I read because I want to grow in a closer relationship with the Lord. I'm already saved, but I want to grow. My next goal that is very important to me is to get my weight down and my A1C completely in control. I exercise at the gym at least three times a week and do daily physical exercises at home. As I can't walk sometimes on some occasions because of foot problems, I use an exercise floor cycle like Pastor D uses, sometimes at corporate prayer. And I use an older model, Total Gym, and I review these and other goals daily to keep myself on track and accountable. This is the main difference between goals and resolutions, reviewing them and committing yourself to them. I have other goals, but these are my most important goals to me. Good morning. Um, wow, there's a lot of you out there. <laughs> um, what was I thinking when um, I said I would do this? I think it must have been the Holy Spirit nudging me to step out of my comfort zone. Why is goal so important, and why write them down, and why do I have to read them every day? The answer to all of those is actually pretty simple. I believe God wants us to grow in all areas of our lives. If we don't have a plan and continually have it before us every day, nothing's going to transpire and we will always stay the same. We will let daily obstacles start to blind us from our vision and our goals. Our walk with the Lord will suffer and will become stagnant and a little boring. So why am I excited about my goals? Well, looking back at my life, I've come to the conclusion that when I did implement goals, I was more in tune with God, and I was pursuing new adventures, which in turn made me a better wife and a better mother. It also helped me to come out of a cocoon that had me consumed. You see, before, I was a child of the king. Yes, I was a child of the king. But I was also stuck in a place that I didn't think I could fly. I don't want to go there again. Dee asked me to share three of my goals with you. This one is a freebie, because each one of us in his leadership class to do this. Read his word daily. Pray daily. Not just for yourself, but for others is more important. Pray for others around you. Memorize scripture. 
my first goal. Find a ministry within the church that fits me and be faithful at it. Two, make time to start knitting again. You see, I love to knit socks. Why is it that some of the things that you love to do and that actually relaxes you, you put on the back burner? All of us do it. It's crazy. Why do we do that? Take time to do something that you enjoy. Three, take out my daughter's one-on-one to lunch or something fun once a month. Our time with our family can be gone in a blink of an eye. I want to have more time with them than I have now. I want to know them more than I know them now. So this one, that I, so this one is very important to me. I'm very passionate about it. I have many more goals. Jean has informed me that we need to sit down and make some more new goals for the new year. If you haven't implemented this discipline into your life, I challenge you. Life is meant to be lived to the fullest, which means challenging ourselves, and goal setting does just that. In God's word, Psalms 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Read God's word. Reading God's word will direct you on your way and will help you not to stumble. If you start with just one goal, make his words your priority. Hi, my name is Kaylee Kinsey, and I'm in Pastor D's Ladies Leadership class this year. Um, I made some goals at the beginning of the class, and one of the goals I made was to pray for two unsaved people. For me, those people are my brother and my sister-in-law, and this has really helped me with my attitudes towards them. Um, Last month, I was talking with another Christian relative on the phone, and the conversation started to turn negative, and so I was able to talk to them and tell them how I was praying for my brother, and this was able to be an influence um, instead of being negative. My brother hasn't come to the Lord yet, but there have been a lot of opportunities um, where the gospel has been shared in his life, and I'm able to witness that, so that's exciting for me. More importantly, God is working in my heart to give grace and love to others that need it. Um, I want to encourage you to make a goal to pray for unsaved people in your life this year. Another goal I made was to read my Bible daily, and I've been following the JBC Bible reading plan. I was doing really well, and then some things happened in November and December and kind of messed up holidays and stuff. So um, last week in our class, Pastor D was talking about joining accountability groups. You can stay on track with your Bible reading and prayer goals, and I have a bunch of little kids, so that's kind of hard for me to leave the house and go to a group. Um, So I was able to join a ladies group on Facebook at the beginning of January, and they check in during the day, and there's a reminder at the end of the day if you haven't read your Bible and pray, and that's um, been really helpful for me. So that's an encouragement that I've been needing, and I want to encourage you to find an accountability group um, that might help you with that. 
Diet. <laughs>morning my name is Casey Thomas and I'm in one of Pastor D's leadership classes on Sunday uh, when Dee Vaughan told all of us that we would be speaking about goals I thought it'd be a great opportunity to talk about the way that two different goals have had a really positive impact on my life <clears throat> the first goal praying every day has had an incredible impact on my relationship with others and as Dee has told all of us many times before God's grace is God's power and he gives it to us through other people not directly so as I began working towards this goal of spending quality time with the Lord every day, I began to notice how some of the specific relationships I was praying for were literally improving overnight. There have been four different times since I have begun trying to pray every day that the people or relationships I've prayed for have reached out to me through a text or I've seen them in person within the next few days. For example, I haven't kept in the best touch with my siblings as we've all grown older and started our own families prayed a lot that God would be at the center of their marriages and families and that somehow I could have a positive impact on them. Both of my siblings have texted me the next day after these prayers, resulting in great conversations and much improved relationships. I truly believe this is God's way of helping me personally grow spiritually just as he would want it through others. <clears throat> or as Pastor D would say, by one another. Another goal is to have a personal prayer of commitment and to read this prayer every day. This is basically your goal. Um, excuse me, your prayer, and a prayer that's from your heart and mind to God, committing yourself to him each and every day, and what you want to accomplish in his name. Part of my commitment prayer is to love my wife and children the way they deserve, just as God would love and treat them. I'd like to say I've done this every day and have made a positive impact on my family, leading them spiritually and setting a good example. I've never wavered in my love for them, but can think of a lot of days where I've fallen short of treating them as though God would, and would like to be much more patient, humble, and more understanding. Even with those days in mind, I've seen how powerful God's grace is and how impactful goals of prayer and commitment can be. And that as I commit myself to my family, God continues to work on improving me for others. For example, it looks like it's on the screen now, it might be hard to read. My 10-year-old son recently made his very own list of goals for 2019. I had no idea he was making the list, and I certainly didn't know what he was putting on there. Needless to say, I was blown away when I started to read what he wanted to accomplish this year. Uh, right in the middle of the page, something jumped off of me, and it says, have a better relationship with God. Another one was that he wanted to go to church more often, and one that would make super, uh, Pastor D super proud is that he wants to step out of his comfort zone and try new things. In telling these stories and examples, I, I guess I just wanted to share that I found incredible encouragement and joy through those around me and by committing to several of my goals. I hope that by sharing them, they can help someone else find even greater encouragement and joy from the people around them in their own life. Thank you. Hi, I'm Bob Lewis. I'm Dee's Leadership 3 class. Some of you know me, some of you don't. I'm sure some don't care. Hopefully you'll get to know me now. However, I'd like to address the story to mostly the guys here in the church. I came here about 30 years ago when a gal I was seeing brought me one Sunday as a guest to hear Dee preach.
Now she's my wife, soon to be 30 years. That's, I'm feeling great about that. For the first 20 years, I come to church, I slide in, slide out, didn't do much for the church. I was just lukewarm, going along here in the church. I thought it was okay just to look like a Christian. I attended some events. I did Dee's Leadership One class back in 93, but not much else. I was into motorcycles, and Terry Hill and I helped put together some motorcycle trips. One of our trips was through Eastern Oregon. I was the shag wagon, meaning I, hauled, I drove a Suburban, hauled a trailer full of food and camp gear. I had a privilege on that trip to have D ride with me in my car, because his motorcycle broke down in Condon. And as we were going east and talking, I mentioned that I, what I had felt, that I had felt that I was just sliding along for the last 22 years. Dee agreed. So Dee suggested I join men's ministry and maybe get involved in the church. I really didn't think I wanted to do that. I was pretty comfortable where I was. But I believed God was nagging at me to do something. Besides that little talk with Dee and his preaching on how close do you want to be to Jesus got me thinking. To be close to Jesus requires us to do works, and goal setting helps us get there. Now I'm doing works in the church that I've never done before, never thought I would, and it's helped me grow both spiritually and personally. Yes, I did join men's ministry about nine years ago. It's been the best thing I've ever done. I now have a purpose and a belonging here at the church. The camaraderie I have with other like-minded guys is great. Now I set goals. I read them daily. A couple of my goals is I pray and I read my Bible more. That helps me stay in contact with God. D tells us we should be setting goals and reading them daily, so good thing. It's worked out, D. Thanks. I'm more accountable for my actions. It's easier to accept that it was me, not someone else that set me off. Goals also make it easier to stay on track with work, whatever that might be. I don't mind giving my time to great causes, like the Sportsman Show. Goals we use there is to make the show better each year. Wow, can you believe I've been in charge of this thing for four years now? Time flies. And I owe this all to God. Yeah, I'm sure that he's been directing me to do this because I could not have done this on my own. Men's ministry is an outreach to reach the lost here in the valley. It's like Jesus said, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Matthew 9:37. Dee and Micah preached on that several times for us. Men's ministry has been a great ministry for me to get involved, and it might be for you. There are many ministries here in the church, 
If you'd like more on the men's ministry, please just find one of us in these blue shirts and let's talk. Thank you. Hello, my name is Heather Norlander, and um, today I kind of actually had it on my heart to talk a little bit about courage and why would I talk about courage um, when we're supposed to be talking about goals, Um, because I believe personally that the biggest single reason that people don't want to make goals in their life that they write out every year is because they're afraid to fail. It takes courage to make yearly goals and to be accountable for them. It takes courage to look at your life and to want to change things, um, to see that you're not the best that you can be and want to be uh, better. Um, we all want our lives to mean something, um, to make a difference. And there's an entire world out there that, that tells you what you should be um, seeking. You know, money, fame, fortune. You should look like this. You should um, do this. You should own this. And that that will make us happy. Um, the problem with that is that as long as we're chasing our tail you know, we are not going to have an impact on the world around us um, or the changing the lives of the people around us, including ourselves. So one of the things um, that hit me personally is that I'm totally guilty of this. You know, I'm the type of person where I have a lot of stuff going on, but I don't want to write them down. I don't want them, I don't want to have to be accountable for them. Um, I don't want Dee asking me how I'm doing with them. (laughs) Um, My husband's been encouraging me to write out professional goals for years, and um, yeah, I didn't do that. That's probably a story for a different time. Um... But when I started coming here to JBC, I did start writing down some goals. Um, And what I noticed most was that my attitude um, towards myself started to change. Um, When I did not succeed or complete the check, um, I started to have a little more grace and a little more compassion, and just realizing that what it's really about is perseverance for challenging yourself and, um, and really grasping something that's out of your reach will make you rely on God, and it makes you rely on the people around you. Um, I still have not run that marathon, just saying. Um, but Romans 8.1 basically says that there is no condemnation for those of us in Christ Jesus. And I have to remember that that's for myself, too. Um, courage is not the lack of fear, but the ability to face those fears. Sorry, I always get emotional. Um, the truth is you don't have to make outrageous goals. Um, but what you do 
need to do is push yourself. And you push yourself to the next level by making small completions, one step at a time. Um, it is good to have outrageous goals. I'm going to learn how to use a greenhouse this year, and I'm going to learn how to reupholster furniture. So uh, I might not invite you over for a few years. <laughs> um, but basically, the goal I probably am going to be the most proud of and will get completed this year um, is beginning a new ministry in our church called Track, which is a teen reach adventure camp. Um, it's an outreach for um, underprivileged youth, um, young teens who have been in the system or in foster care. And um, this year, specifically, we're going to do a teen retreat um, and basically coordinating and organizing and beginning this new ministry. Um, what it does is it gives me a purpose. It gives me a reason to wake up every day and be fired up and excited about life. And um, it takes a lot of my own personal courage um, we all have fears that we're not going to be good enough, that it's not going to work. Um, you know, everybody whispers in your ear, but the, the voice that whispers the loudest typically is my own, saying it's not going to work. And, um, and I'm proud to say that by God's grace and the, and the people around me that, um, that this is going to be a very successful ministry. Um, Finally, the whole concept of achieving our goals and our dreams are fantastic, but that's not the most important thing. The, impo the most important thing about goals is the type of person that we become along the way. Thank you. up here. So um, as uh, uh, most of you figured out now, as part of the student body, so to speak, in these classes, uh, we are all, um, I guess, be heavily encouraged to get up here. Uh, is that the proper term? And uh, well, while this is, these classes are about leadership and, and growth, uh, goal setting is how it happens or how we actually accomplish things. And we've, we've heard this frequently from Mike and Dee throughout the sermons all year long. It's like, you've got to have goals, you've got to push, you've got to be disciplined. There's a reason for this. It's not just for entertainment value or to try to get people to do things. It's for our own good. It's for the church body good. And, and then we kind of say, well, okay, why do we actually get up here and speak? And it's not to stress people out, but it's so, like you've heard from other people today, we can share our experiences. What has this done for us? An example of... Hey, these leadership classes are good. Well, what has it done for us and consequently the people in our lives and other people that we may run into? Um, and it's made directly to, you know, hopefully encourage or inspire other folks to get in some of these classes. And, and, or even if you can't do the classes, maybe even talk to somebody in some of the other ministries. Explore yourselves, push yourselves, and challenge. And everybody's kind of got a common theme here. And it really is... is you know, it's kind of cool when you get up here, it's like, okay, it's not just me, it's, it's impacting everybody, and that's what we want to see. Um, today, I just wanted to kind of share my, my favorite goal um, and, and how the results actually happen. Uh, I did Leadership One in October 2017. Uh, David Irvine taught that class, 
and he's a little tougher than Diaz. So if you can get in any of these classes, get on Diaz's roster. Just side note, uh, uh, the accountability is a, uh, a lot more fun. You can actually deal with it. Um, yeah, did I say that? Okay. Um, for me personally, uh, it was very difficult. I had a whole number of goals in 2018 coming through, uh, and this past year was exceedingly difficult. Um, I had this whole litany of things I was going to do, and you know, personal, physical goals. You know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that, uh, like the typical New Year's resolutions. Uh, but 18 was tough. I uh, had a lot of issues. My father uh, got cancer, passed away. Uh, a lot of internal family issues. We had accidents. We had health issues. I mean, it was just day after day. It seemed like something new kept coming up. And consequently, I blew it on a number of my goals. Um, hey, I was going to get, I was going to start running. I was going to do this. I was going to do that. And they all got put on the back burner. Uh, but I do feel good. I was able to adhere to the, the top two priorities, which was pray every day, read every single day, meditate on the word. And that's kind of what I wanted to really share was that even though you blow it on some of these things, what's the priority? What do you do? And keep going. And some days are easy. You know, you get up and you're motivated. Some days are tough. You don't feel good. You're sick. You're tired. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Um, but I just kept driving with that discipline. Like, no, you said you were going to do it. You're going to do it. And you make that reading every day. And sometimes it sticks better than other days. But overall, as it goes through, it does make a difference, and it becomes turns to discipline, turns to a habit, and then pretty soon it's a reflex, and it's just part of who you are. Your day is not complete if you haven't done that, and you can start feeling that pulling on you, and it's not even work anymore. You actually look forward to it. And then how does that impact you? So you're looking there saying, okay, that's all great, Brent. You know, you think, uh, all right, but what did this actually do for you? And the examples I have are throughout the year, there are many, many of these where I found myself not just, you know, my normal life situations at work or with family or friends or, or social situations where you found yourself not just reacting different, but you actually think different. You actually feel different. And when that happens, what comes out of your mouth is different. And there were little things. I didn't really think about it until people started saying stuff. You know, um, my son goes, hey, you're not like you used to be. What, what happened? And now the door opens up. Now you can have that discussion. And people see what God does in your life, sees what that scripture reading does for you every day. And people, that inspires them. That gets them to ask questions. Uh, you know, we heard about reaching out for people that, are, that are, are, are non-believers or they're not with the Lord. Okay, and they look at you and say, well, okay, maybe I don't get that, but it's done something for this person. It's done something for that person. And the more we can do that, it really helps. And, but with the daily scripture on my mind, uh, you, know, you go in there and the things that frustrate you, uh, you know, you say, okay, rejoice in all things. Something little, I don't know how many times I had to tell myself that this year because by all accounts in our world, they were not worth rejoicing about. And say, well, you know what? God finds me worthy of testing and training. You know, anything, and you reach into those scriptures and you pull back, and it changes the way your mind works. Um, some days you do better than others, but the consistency and the discipline, and that's what these goals are all about, the goal setting and the achieving of those. Uh, it's like running. Okay, you don't just, okay, you get up and you run. 
I'm going to run, maybe it's just a mile, maybe it's two miles. Some days are better than others. Maybe you get up to five and then you have to taper back. You're sick, you don't feel good. But if you make yourself do it every single day, pretty soon it's not work. You look forward to it. It enhances you. It makes you better. And the next thing you know, after a year, what happens? You can run a marathon, okay? You couldn't even comprehend that. But if you just chip away at it, you don't notice the incremental growth. And that's what these goals do and this discipline will do for you. And uh, looked and uh, uh, one scripture, Proverbs 21.5, the plans of the diligent lead to profit. Now, the plans or the goals of the diligent lead to profit. We think of profit in this world as money, but there's other kinds of profit. There's spiritual profit, emotional profit, relational profit, and it might not even be you that's being impacted. Just what you do may impact somebody else. It's profit for them, and as a church body, and as, as believers, and even non-believers, that profit, it all carries through. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's the, the point of this. So, so circling back, so say goal setting and commitment uh, have made a huge difference for me, um, and those around me. Uh, they're getting asking questions. Non-believers are people not, not with the Lord. They see that. And they start asking questions. There's your gap. There's the door opening. Now we can go and accelerate what we really want to do, and that's to bring more people in into Christ. And, and uh, uh, it's a good thing, these, these goals. And D always pushes the classes. There's a reason for it. It's not because he's bored. Believe me, the guy has plenty to do. But he's doing it for us, and it's a value. And it's like he said before, lifting up this group, getting everybody to move up just one notch. Everybody just move up one notch constantly, and as a group, we grow better. We can bring in more and get some momentum. So I'll leave you with one quote. I always have to put a sports analogy into something. It's just the way I work. Um, there's actually a poet named Bill Copeland wrote, the trouble with not having a goal is that you can spend your life running up and down the field and never score. So make your goals, let's score. Thank you. Thank you. Guys and girls, for your sharing. I hope you were blessed by that. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for each of these individuals. Thank you for their goals. Thank you for their desire to please you, to serve you, to bear much fruit for you. Use each of them as champions in your plan in this world, especially in our church. And continue, Lord, to work in us, to stir us, give us vision for the future and how we can accomplish great things for you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.